How does a bedside nurse become a sought-after expert informatics nurse? Let's talk all about the journey with nurse informaticist extraordinaire Lisa Jenkins-Brooks right here on episode 332 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith yet again. This podcast is about you, your personal and professional development, your career, and the healthcare system as a whole. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews like today's with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, technology, medicine, and beyond. I love having you along for the ride, whether you've been here with me for months or years. Thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being a part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. And here's a very, very special request. If you find value in this podcast, please consider becoming a valued patron at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith. Creating, gosh, over 350 episodes now incurs a lot of costs and your support means a lot. So in 2021, I'm asking 100 regular listeners to pledge $2 a month for a year. That's less than buying me a cup of coffee every month. So it's a pretty good deal. You won't get any caffeine or sugar or extra calories, just a lot of audio awesomeness from me and my guests just for you. And if you want to pledge more, you always can. There's great prizes and premiums if you do that. But $2 a month would be awesome. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to sign up and show your support for the show. And remember that Nurse Keith Coaching is your one-stop shop for all things related to your nursing and healthcare career. I've completed, man, I don't know, hundreds, over almost 2,000 holistic coaching sessions now with nurses and healthcare professionals like you from around the world. So if you'd like to explore your career with me, Email me at keith at nursekeith.com to schedule a complimentary chat. You get 15% off your package if your first package, if you mentioned Lisa Jenkins Brooks and informatics nursing. The show notes for this episode, speaking of Lisa Jenkins Brooks, will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode in the number 332. All right, Lisa, it is so great to have you here. You are so wonderful. We've had great conversation prior and you are a nurse informaticist extraordinaire. Thank you. So let's start with just a really simple question for someone who might not completely understand what it means. What is nursing informatics? Well, thank you for asking the the easy question. Uh, So I'll talk a little bit about what nursing informatics is, but also what it isn't, because I do think there are some misconceptions out there. So nursing informatics is a field that brings together nursing, technology, and data to solve healthcare problems. And I like to think of it as sitting at the intersection of healthcare and business. So you may also hear this area called clinical informatics or health informatics, but the ideas are essentially the same. We also tend to be called different things. So uh, nurse informaticists, informatics nurse specialists, uh, but I've actually held titles that didn't have nurse or informatics in them at all. So business analyst, system trainer, project manager. I mean, there's a number of different titles that we can have. I would say what we are not, just to be clear, we are not developers. I have not written a line of code at all in my career, and I don't think any software company would want me to. I don't know what I'm doing there. Uh, We are not the help desk. If your laptop broke, I would not be able to help you. That is not my area. Um, The last thing is we're also not former nurses. I hear a lot of people think that nursing informatics is somehow not nursing, but that couldn't be farthest from the truth. We are still applying our nursing skills. We're just applying them in a different way. So making sure that a system flows seamlessly and puts data in front of the clinician, that improves patient care. So that is still nursing. Thanks for pointing that out. (laughs) There's, There's so many opinions and judgments out there about, you know, a school nurse isn't as real a nurse as an ICU nurse, et cetera. And an informatics nurse isn't at the bedside, so they're not a real nurse. And it just doesn't fly with me at all. And thank you. And I also 
you may be aware that I talk about just being a four-letter word in nursing. Like you're not just an informatics nurse or whatever. You're you are what you say you are, and just doesn't need to be inserted there to diminish your your importance or value in any way. So thanks for pointing out that informatics nurses or nurse informaticists are still nurses and they have been and always will be unless they like decide they aren't anymore. Um, but once a nurse, always a nurse really for the most part. So you explained what nursing nurse informatics is and you said that there's all these other titles people can have, which might get confusing on a resume if you're trying to get an informatics job and you've been like called a business analyst and a systems trainer or whatever. That might be kind of hard, but we work on resumes and we figure out those things. So if you if a nurse really wants to shoot for a position in informatics, what are they gonna look for generally to get into the that this career path? That's an excellent question. I would say the two places that are probably most accessible to start with would be a super user or uh, I would say like a systems trainer. They're, They're kind of similar because in both cases, you're somebody who understands how to use the clinical system that you were probably already using at the bedside. And you're somebody who other nurses might come to if they have questions, you help to guide them through. Those are good jumping off points because one, you obviously get very familiar with the system, but you also start understanding what we would call requirements. So requirements are things that you need a system to be able to do to support how the people using it work. And when you're teaching other people how to use the system and standing alongside them, you get to see that in action. That's an extremely valuable skill set for other roles in nursing informatics, such as business analyst or project manager or process improvement specialist. Starting with being a super user or a trainer, those are those are roles that will give you that skill set. Wow. That's great. And when you and I spoke offline a few months ago, we talked about how, you know, like you have a master's degree in nursing informatics and business administration, but you don't need a master's in informatics to get into informatics. And actually, you and I talked about how that's not necessarily a good way to go. Becoming a super user and just getting noticed as someone who is good at these things is one way to go. And I've talked to other nurses who've done that too. So, how does a nurse know when they actually need to like get some education in informatics, like formal education or pursue a certification? How do they know that that thing is necessary? And how do you determine what your course should be once, say, you become a super user? What do you do? That's such a good question. I'm really glad you asked it. So I would say that Education and certifications, those are really helpful as career boosters. Mm -hmm. So I think for a lot of us, and I I put myself in that camp too, when I was first interested in nursing informatics, I didn't have a lot of guidance on how to get into this field. So talking with other nurses and because nursing informatics is not taught in the undergraduate level, it's it's really only at the graduate level, I assumed I needed a master's to start. And the master's really only comes into play if you're looking to move up the corporate ladder. So if you're looking for director, you know, vice president level roles, in order to move up, there may be expectations at your organization that you will have some advanced training. Um, But I would say in terms of getting your foot in the door and even moving into more sophisticated roles like you know, being a project manager or being a product owner for a software product, you don't really need to go for formal training in nursing informatics. The other component of this is once you're in this world, you'll start to see where additional training would be helpful. So it may not be in, you know, quote unquote, nursing informatics. It may be more helpful for you to go get trained to be a you know certified scrum master 
or it may be helpful for you to get uh, to go for you know Six Sigma certification so that you are a process improvement expert. It really will depend on where you're working, what you enjoy doing. If you can't stand project management, like don't go get certified in project management. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you have to get in there and you have to see what what you're drawn to, what you're good at. And then the doors will start to open in terms of what education will be helpful for you in furthering your, furthering your career in that area. Oh, good. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm really supportive of certifications and higher degrees, you know, but only if they make sense and it's a good use of your money, time, resources, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, because it takes a lot to do those things. And obviously you got your master's because I assume it was the prudent thing to do for you. Now, if we rewind the clock a little bit, you started as a clinician, like many nurses do. So where did you begin and how did you get to, you know, that foot in the door into informatics? What was your entryway? So rewinding the clock, uh, I finished nursing school as a second degree candidate. So I want to be clear that uh, I'm a little older than what my resume might look like. I, I was an AmeriCorps volunteer before becoming a nurse. Yeah. And, and you look fabulous. Oh, thank you. Don't thank worry. you. <laughs> I'm glad this is a podcast. Um, so I, after graduating from nursing school, pretty much every nurse had told me, oh, you have to go work in the hospital and get a year of med search. You have to do that. So I did. And realized I really did not like working in the hospital. It was a Mm -hmm. miserable, drawn out year. Uh, I was a really unpleasant person, I think, to live with. I feel very Uh sorry for my husband that he had to put up with me during that time. I was working nights. It was a really hectic, uh, busy city hospital. And so I realized the hospital setting was not for me. I started exploring home care options and fell in love with home hospice care. Um, I was fortunate enough to interview with an agency that let me actually go out with nurses on visits. And the hospice nurse had just the most beautiful day. I mean, she really sat down with each patient. She knew their families. They had real conversations. She was the only clinician in the home. So she was on you know, speakerphone with the doctor, with the uh, spiritual counselor, with the social worker. And to me, that's what I thought nursing was going to be. So Hmm. that's why I, you know, as quickly as I possibly could get myself out of the hospital, moved over to home hospice care. And I likely would have stayed a hospice nurse uh, forever if I could have. I loved the neighborhood I was assigned. I had East Harlem, which is known as Spanish Harlem. I knew the families. Uh, I, I took care of multiple people in a family over the course of years. The things that drew me away from it were, number one, the documentation started getting heftier and heftier. So as regulations increased, it seemed like every time there was a new law, let's dump, you know, 10 more assessments on the nurses. And there's the corporatization of hospice. Exactly, exactly. And there was really not enough thought being given to what is this doing to the nurses? What is this doing to the nurse patient interaction? Like that beautiful day that I saw with that hospice nurse stopped happening. It was really, it was really disrupted. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. The second thing was the agency at the time, they've long since discontinued this policy, but at the time they offered full tuition coverage for nurses who wanted to go back to school. So some of the more senior hospice nurses told me, you know, don't waste this opportunity, go back to school. It's one of the most important things you can do. You're wasting tens of thousands of dollars if you don't. And I believe them. So uh, they also mentioned nursing informatics and they thought it would be a good fit for me because I was one of the nurses most comfortable using the laptops that we had at the time. It was like kind of mm-hmm. early into the touchscreen days. So yep, I was there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I, we, we actually went from paper to those, those laptops and, um, there were nurses. I, I went through that transition too. Yeah. 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 And you're still a nurse, which is great because there were nurses who retired because they did not want to oh, yeah. learn how to use it. I knew several yeah. back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so I, I, you know, 
used the laptop. So all of a sudden I was, you know, considered a technology genius. And so, uh, Go Lisa. You know, so I, um, I looked into nursing informatics and it, it seemed interesting. It seemed like a really interesting new field and a chance to kind of get into it. Not, you know, early, early days, but bef certainly before there's been the big technology boom that we've seen in, in healthcare lately. Um, so not knowing much about it, I jumped into applying for a master's program because, you know, I was young and thought, oh, there's no cost to me. I didn't measure cost in time. I measured it just in dollars. And uh, interestingly, before I'd even started school, so all I'd done was I applied, I got accepted, and then I had to get my supervisor's sign off on the tuition reimbursement form. And that forced me to have a conversation with her about my career development. And that mm. was the first time I talked with her about my career development. We had never discussed, you know, where I might want to take my career and what I might, what else I might want to do besides be a hospice nurse. And forcing that discussion meant that she now knew something about me. She mentioned it to our director. And then our director mentioned it to the education manager who was looking for a nurse to teach uh, the system classes. So she was the education manager was looking for a nurse to teach uh, the clinical system to new nurses who were hired. And she thought I, I would be a good fit for it. So this is before I had a degree, before I'd even really taken a class. I was really tempted to turn it down. But fortunately, I did not. There was definitely like this uh, imposter syndrome feeling of I'm not mm -hmm. qualified to do that. I, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I haven't taken a single class. Uh, yeah. But I, I kind of swallowed it and said, OK, I'm going to do this and it'll be scary. But if this is the field I want to go into, let me try it. Yeah. And uh, I'm really glad I did that one because it actually came with a, a $7,000 salary bump from <laughs> what I was being wow. paid. So that was All that right. was a That's win. cool. Um, and then two, it really did open the doors for me further on, which looking back, whether I had a master's degree or not, it would have been the same process of, mm -hmm. I got that first role. By the time I finished the master's degree, I already had several years of experience in this field. It was easier to translate that into other roles. So my next role uh, that I had an offer for by the time I graduated was to be a business analyst. And I was, I was qualified to do it. Not, I, I would say not because of the master's degree, really more because of being a systems trainer and understanding the nursing workflow and the requirements to support what the nurses needed out in the field. Yeah. Wow. So thanks for describing that because that's probably happened to a lot of other people. And I was a super user once more or less at one clinic I was working at. And I didn't, you know, people saw me as the tech genius too, right? As soon as you know how to do all the stuff, people were like, wow. So that can get you noticed by your peers, but it can also get you noticed by your superiors. And you can also leverage that like you did if you want to like make the leap. And some nurses might be afraid of making that leap because, you know, they're no longer to be working clinically and they're going to miss the bedside. And some people love bedside or hands-on care enough that they wouldn't do that. And what would you say to someone who has the interest in informatics? Like they love data and they love all that stuff, but they don't want to lose their skills, quote unquote. And they also don't want to lose touch with touching patients. That's, that's also, you've got all the great questions. Um, a lot of them myself, always. <laughs> Unless you gave me some in advance. I don't think I was organized enough to, so genius yeah. questions. Um, so first, let me start by saying that nursing informatics is also a skill set. It is also something that you develop, you nurture, and these are also valuable skills. So you're not really losing skills. You are gaining additional skills. Um, so I do want to mention that first, but I will also say, because I, I felt that way, I was definitely nervous about losing my bedside skills because in, in nursing school, you know, you work so hard 
to get mm-hmm. these these darn skills that it's like the idea you of do. becoming rusty or not being able to go back to the bedside is terrifying. Uh, so I will say that I, for the first four years in nursing informatics, kept a per diem uh, patient care role as a home hospice nurse. I would work on weekends to continue seeing patients. Mm-hmm. And I would say there were there were pros and cons to doing that. I mean, it was definitely a security blanket for me. So I felt a little more comfortable, you know, getting into nursing informatics because I felt like, okay, I, I, I'm still connected to the bedside. I could always return. Um, and the benefit was I definitely could empath- empathize with the bedside nurses and it gave me ideas for how to improve the system because I was using the system that I also worked on in my nursing informatics role. On the other hand, on the flip side, uh, there was definitely the cost in terms of time and energy, which because I was much younger, again, I thought that those things were, uh, you know, infinite, <laughs> infinite <They're not. laughs> resources. Really? Yeah, they're, they're definitely not. Um, <laughs> at the time, you know, I, I was young. I thought they were. So there's there's that time and energy that you're you're losing having two jobs. But the other thing that I realized looking back is there were there were more lucrative skills I could have been gaining in nursing informatics Mm -hmm. that I was not spending my time on and that it would take me kind of years into my nursing informatics career to focus on because I was so worried about losing the bedside. Yeah. That's a tough spot to be in. It it is tough. And I think that Mm -hmm. um, to start, I, I can understand nurses wanting to do both just so that you have time to really explore this area and see if it's something you enjoy and see if it's a fit. Mm-hmm. And I've seen many nurses go back and forth between nursing informatics and direct patient care roles. I've, mm-hmm. I've even hired nurses onto a team for a project. After a year, they decide, you know, I'd actually like to go back to direct patient care. The thing that's tough for them is they're trying to go back now having skills around strategy and project management and data analysis, and their bosses don't want to let them do patient care. They want to promote them into, you know, manager right. roles. And they're like, wait, wait, I want to talk with patients and touch them and exactly. talk with their families. <laughs> and yeah, I want to, you know, do stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So again, another tough spot to get stuck in. Exactly. So, so there there are various challenges and vicissitudes of trying to do this and we need to be circumspect about what it is we really want and i've talked on the show before about the choices i've made and not working clinically for long periods of time and you know that has liabilities and we just have to get clear about what it is we really want and if you're super fired up about all the informatics stuff um like a, a mutual colleague of ours who I introduced you to recently that, you know, sometimes you just know, and sometimes you just need to explore it. So you were saying how you can, you could keep your feet in both worlds, which some people do, which can get hard or toggle back and forth, which can also have its challenges too. So everybody has to do it their own way. And sounds like you had, do do you think your journey is fairly typical like getting noticed and then getting involved because you were a super user. That sounds like a fairly typical route that many people might travel. I, I would say it is. I mean, that's yeah. that's the route that when I've hired informatics nurses over the years, that most of them followed. Most of them came on board because they were a super user or I forgot to mention earlier, subject matter expert. That's another uh. That's another yeah. really good entry point, um, which basically just means you know your area that you work in very well and can be yeah. on the the project team to explain how your area works. Right. Like you're a nurse like who's you're really an expert in, you know, 18th century English literature. And they're like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we haven't had that particular use case in technology yet, okay. but I'm looking forward I'll, to I'll it. I'll watch for that. <laughs> that yeah, sounds you, like good. you keep me posted on I that. I want that one now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, as a, I can't even remember the question I was answering. Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm picturing 18th century literature. Um, yeah, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you were saying how, you know, a subject matter expert can be 
cherry picked out yes. for a particular project. Yes, thank uh, you. Before you were so rudely interrupted. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so so somebody who's a subject matter expert or a super user, it's really not unusual that they join the the project team to function in that role, and then the ones who make it, you know, their mission to be the most valuable member of the team. And for a lot of nurses, we do that naturally. We want to do a really good job. We want to, you know, represent well and make sure we're helping the the nurses, you know, back yeah. in our unit. So nurses, I think, naturally will make themselves the most valuable member of the team. Those are the nurses where the team will find permanent spots for you. And there will be other things that open up and they'll think of you. Um, and I actually recently had a project where one nurse really missed direct patient care. So she went back to her unit and had a hard time getting back into direct patient care because they wanted to keep her, they wanted to keep promoting mm -hmm. her. Um, and then the other nurse is still on the the team. She's been on the team mm -hmm. uh, working on technology projects for four or five years now. Um, and mm -hmm. that's, that's her career now. So it is very typical. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. And you've actually written a book about this process, which is basically why you're here. And well, you're also here because you're super cool and it's fun talking to you, but it's called From Bedside Nurse to Informatics Nurse, A How-To Guide by Lisa Brooks. And your your website and your business more or less are both called Writing the Future of Health, right? Mm -hmm. So when we come back to the break, now that we've kind of set it up and defined things and kind of made some created some clarity around what all these things mean and how it might happen. We're going to talk about the book and about what your mission is in terms of getting this book out into the world. Does that sound like a good plan? That sounds great. Thank you. We will be right back with Lisa Jenkins Brooks for the second half of episode 332. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support The Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N com forward slash nurse Keith. And if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. So you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. And remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits. What an incredible deal. And please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, Let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. Remember the show notes where you can learn all about Lisa Jenkins Brooks and her new book and her work in nursing informatics will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 332. As I mentioned, we're here again with friend of the pod and my new friend, Lisa Jenkins Brooks. Lisa, prior to the break, we were talking all about informatics and what it is and why you might want to do it, why you might want to run screaming in the other direction. Well, we didn't really talk about that. And, well, we could. And we also talked about how people might find their way and what your journey was like and what the typical journey might be like. And we also touched on like higher degrees and certifications and why or why not you might pursue that. So you've actually written a book as I mentioned before the break, from bedside nurse to informatics nurse, a how-to guide. And what was the inspiration for writing this book? So in 2020, uh, I, so 
I've actually been a secret writer for a very long time. I was just too scared to actually publish my work. And in 2020, I decided this is the year. It's now or never. So I started publishing articles and was picked up on some platforms like uh, like allnurses.com. And I started getting questions from readers. And the most frequently asked question was, how do I get into nursing informatics? So even though I was writing about, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and healthcare and smart clothing and all sorts of, you know, nerdy technical topics, the fundamental question was, how do I get into nursing informatics? So that was really when I was inspired to write a book about it because I was sending email after email, sending, saying essentially the same thing. So uh, in the book, I really thought about what are the core steps that any nurse could follow? Um, what are the core steps that I followed, but also what are the things that I wish I had followed and wish I knew earlier on in the journey? So for a lot of nurses, they think that it's all about, you know, I have to be this technology expert, but really it comes down to, are you able to uh, organize information and are you able to prioritize? And all of the other things you can, you can learn. These are all very learnable things. You can get involved in projects, get experience. Um, but those are, that's kind of the fundamental uh, skill set that you need to have. That's great. And in the book, right at the beginning on page six, you talk about what you can expect from the book. And you talk about a straightforward walkthrough of what nursing informatics is and why you should consider health technology, a step-by-step process for moving from bedside to informatics, and a guide to getting hired in your first informatics role. So what is this four-step process for nurses to launch? We've already touched on it a little bit. Sure. But how would you delineate those four things? Because they're pretty core to this book. They are, yeah. Yeah. So I would say step one is you do need to know a bit about technology. You don't need to know everything, but you do need to have some sense of what the technology development life cycle looks like. I do talk about that a bit more in my book, but it's, it's essentially the process for how software gets made. You do need to understand uh, certain terms that might be used like um, interoperability that is the term used to connect uh, one computer system to another computer system. So there's definitely Mm -hmm. terms that when you start working on project teams and you start exploring the health technology space, you'll start hearing those terms used. So I think it is important to get some foundation in technology terms. Does not require a whole master's degree or whole certification. In my book, you you can read it, it covers a lot of those terms. Um, But another thing that you can do is you can also reach out to the information technology department at your organization and set up an informational interview with someone. Just start meeting people and talking with them and learning about the technology used by your organization. Uh, Because most healthcare organizations use a lot of different technologies for a lot of different purposes. You can start to learn about it simply by asking, you know, what, what are we using and what is it for? So that's, that's one piece. Um, another piece is specifically learning the skills, methods, and tools of nursing informatics. So I include in that really four areas, uh, or sorry, five areas, actually. Um, strategy development, uh, mm-hmm. project management, quality slash process improvement, uh, data analysis, and then learning and change management. By no means would I expect anybody to, you know, learn all of those magically overnight. But it's, again, just getting familiar with some of the terms, the concepts, you know, understanding what a project plan looks like. You know, there, there are some nurses who've seen project plans, but there are some nurses who have not who are interested in this area. And so it is important to get familiar with some of those tools. So step three is getting hands-on experience, which you don't have to follow these steps in exact order. Mm -hmm. I would say you could 
you could really do step two and step three at the same time. So once you understand a few of the basics about health technology, you could uh, get involved in a project and learn some of the skills, methods, and tools of nursing informatics as part of being on that project team. Because if you get a chance to you know, work next to a project manager, you'll get to see an expert in using a project plan and you could actually learn from them how to use it. So I actually think step two and step three could go together, but I do think it is important to get that hands-on experience. There's really no better way to learn this area. And I would even say in nursing informatics master's programs, it is an area that is easy for students to kind of skip over or take very lightly because the programs will let you kind of you know, make up your own project. They're not necessarily right. monitoring what you're choosing to do, but you know, that's where students graduate and then they don't have any hands-on skills and then they struggle to find work and they get very frustrated. So I would say the hands-on part is probably the most important. Um, and then the final part is making yourself an attractive job candidate. And I think for nurses, one of the mindset shifts, when I said earlier that nursing informatics sits between healthcare and business, in the business world, your experience matters probably more than your education in nine times out of 10. So hiring managers and recruiters, they're looking for people who have the experience that matches the job description. And a lot of nurses put all their clinical experience out there. And then there might be one little line at the bottom saying that they have this, you know, certification in nursing informatics. And that's kind of it. Like they don't mention any projects they worked on. They don't mention the systems they use. They don't mention, mm -hmm. you know, anything that makes it seem like they've ever done this before. And so, yeah, you're, you're not going to get hired if it doesn't seem like you have any relevant experience. Mm -hmm. So making yourself an attractive candidate, mentioning that experience. Oh, and definitely having a LinkedIn page. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know too many nurses who, if they have, a, like, I know a lot of nurses who don't have a LinkedIn page or nurses yeah. who have one, but it's like just their name. There's nothing else on mm -hmm. it. In the health technology world, LinkedIn is how they confirm you are a person and not a robot. Like they want to know yeah. you are a real person. That's right. They will look at your LinkedIn page. That's how recruiters find you too. Like when I hear- You're speaking my language. Yeah. When, when I hear, um, I've had nurses who've gotten the MSN and nursing informatics reach out to me saying, oh, I've, I can't, I haven't been able to find a job. But you go to their LinkedIn page and it's like, well, yeah, because they they can't tell you're a real human being. Like there's nothing wrong here. Yeah, it's true. You know, and recruiters aren't even going to know to hire you because you got nothing listed. So, mm -hmm. yeah, those are all really good points. Well taken. The LinkedIn thing. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't pay you to say that either. I mean, that's like that's really important in any area, but definitely in in this kind of tech oriented area. So there's there's really a lot to learn and your book is pretty granular. Um you know, it's 100 and gosh 140 pages more or less and there's a lot in here for people to digest. Um you even go into stuff about virtual reality therapy, companion robots, smart home technology. I mean you're looking at, you know, the direction that things are heading in terms of even like, you know, digital therapeutics and other stuff that you mentioned in here. And as clinicians, we want to know a lot of this stuff, right? Because it's going to affect the ways in which we do our jobs and the kinds of jobs we might even be able to get in the future. Mm -hmm. So aside from becoming a nurse informaticist, I just want to ask you as sort of like an aside for nurses out there who they don't necessarily want to become a nurse informaticist, but they love this kind of stuff and they think it's fascinating or, and they just feel like I need to kind of keep up on what's happening because it's happening. So I don't want to like really completely change my career. What would you tell someone like that who still wants to be a clinician, but wants to stay tuned in? How do they stay tuned in? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I'll recommend what I tend to do, which is one, HIMSS, which stands for the 
Health Information Management Society. There's another S in there, right. but I can't remember what the second S is for. <laughs> if you, we'll pretend we we'll know. We'll pretend we know. If you just Google HIMSS, two S's, you'll find the right organization. Uh, and if you're yelling into the computer or phone to tell us what it is, we can't hear you. Exactly. What is HIMSS? Uh, and it's not, yeah. it is not the mail order company for um, men's health products. Not that HIMSS. No. We're talking about two S's. Different HIMSS. Very different HIMSS. Yeah. Um, so with with that, with the hymns I'm talking about, uh, they produce a lot of very helpful, user-friendly information that covers all sorts of happenings in the health technology space. So Moby Health News is one of their newsletters. I love that one. Mm -hmm. They've got all sorts of really fun and interesting topics. Um, they did cover kind of the future of nursing and this was actually one of the reasons why I, I started my company, because I didn't feel like there were enough nursing voices out there. I feel like there's so many more nurses who've got to exist, who have ideas and have a, a good sense of, you know, where things could go. And I don't know that we're adequately represented. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think that hymns they do uh, have a lot of other health technology professionals involved. Um, so that's a great organization to connect with. Uh, you could join. You don't have to. You can also, you know, look at their website, sign up for their uh, publications and journals. So that's one of my favorites. Um, I also get uh, some articles delivered to my mailbox. Um, so Health IT News, that's another uh, online yeah, that's journal. So you can absolutely go there and see what's going on in the world of health technology. Um, I used to write a lot more about this space. So I, I have traditionally recommended my website, but I've actually been focusing a bit more on career development. So I would start with these other sources because they'll have like kind of the, the latest information for you. That's great. Yeah. And if you're interested in this stuff, it's just good to stay abreast of what's happening. And a lot of it's really cool, like virtual reality, augmented reality, robotics. Some of us find that stuff just kind of fascinating. So we want to know and we want to be, we don't want to be blindsided by changes that are coming. And we also just, you know, it's, it's, it can be fun stuff to talk about with your colleagues and you never know, it might spur you on to want to get involved in a project. If there's your hospital or your agency's doing something that you're like, wow, yeah, I'd really love to get involved in that. So you just never know. And if if you're not interested in this kind of stuff, you've probably turned this episode off anyway. So, you know, so if you're still listening, you might actually be interested. So before we go, just getting back to the book, what else would you like us to know about the book? We talked about what people can expect because you you really spell that out at the beginning. We talked about some of the core stuff that you definitely cover that you think are important, like those four steps. Is there anything else about the book and what you do to, to educate nurses and coach them through this particular path of their career? Anything else you'd like them to know and take away from this conversation? Uh, sure. There, there's probably a few things that I can think of. One is, this is an area that's at least worth exploring. And the advice I got when I was first considering nursing school was, you know, to go volunteer at a health organization, you know, go volunteer at a nursing home or at a hospital to see what nurses do and see if this is a field I would like. And so I strongly encourage nurses to do that when they're thinking about uh, nursing informatics and careers in health technology, you know, get onto a project because that way you can try it out. It's really low risk. You're not investing money. You're investing some of your time, but not as long as, uh, not nearly as long as if you went into a graduate degree program. So hmm. it's, it's a risk-free way to try something new. Uh, and I, I really want to see so many more nurses getting into this conversation, even if this is not where you want to take your career long-term to your point, Keith, about, you know, people just wanting to kind of stay on top of things. We need a lot more nurses who are educated in this space, speaking up, mm -hmm. getting involved. There's so much that's going to change so quickly that I just want to make sure that we're really helping to inform the conversation. Uh, so that's, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is 
and I, I did mention a little bit earlier, there's a lot in the book that is not what's covered in nursing informatics programs, because I was really thinking about what, what do I wish <laughs> I knew going in. Um, and in my nursing informatics program, you know, I, I learned kind of high level about project management. I didn't learn anything about strategy development. Um, mm -hmm. At the time, data analytics, this was, you know, I guess the stone ages, but it was nowhere near like it is now. I mean, it's, it's a whole, whole new world. So, um, so there's a lot in there that I wish I knew, uh, which I'm happy to share with others, but I would also encourage nurses to keep learning, you know, that this book won't mm -hmm. be the end all be all like they'll, nurses will need to continue to stay informed, stay educated, stay curious. Yeah, that that's great. And you have lots of resources in these chapters, um, lots of um, places people can go to learn more. And you know, you back up what you're talking about with references from, you know, high quality, res you know, resources that you can point people towards. And you take a deeper dive, obviously, into mastering those key skills and methods and the strategies and tools, and you lead people through the process of um, learning what this is all about. And tell me, tell us a little bit about what you're offering to people who are looking for, like they really want to break in to informatics. What are you actually offering in terms of your your business? Sure. Well, so uh, the book is really just a starting point. Um, I do mm -hmm. offer nursing informatics specific career coaching. So mm -hmm. that's something that if you wanted to go to my website, which is www.writingfuturehealth.com, you'll be able to find the services page. And that's where you can find uh, the career coaching services I offer, which runs from you know resume review, uh, of course, LinkedIn page review, since I made such a big deal out of it. But also mm -hmm. thinking through a nursing informatics career plan. So where could you start? Where do you want to take things? Um, just so that you can be thoughtful about how you're getting into the field and at what point would education be helpful and, you know, how you want to network and, uh, and reach out to people. So that's great. yeah, that's my, my other offering. That's great. And I'm going to be referring people to you when they come to me when they want to break into informatics because I can, you know, I, I can help to some degree. And I have helped people with informatics related resumes, but you are really an expert in this space. So I'm going to be channeling people to you who that's really their their main target is to get into informatics. So I'm really glad you're there. Um, and so you can you can come in and consult with them and coach them so that they really get what they need to be able to, to make that part of their career really take off. So I'm really appreciative that you're out there. Well, thank you, Keith. So we have your, yeah, you're welcome. And we have your services and it's writingfuturehealth.com. And people can also find you on Facebook, Writing Future Health. Instagram is writing underscore future underscore health. And then Twitter is future underscore writing. And you're also on LinkedIn. So we'll make sure all of that's in the show notes. And where is the book? Where does the book hang out? Where can people find it? Sure. Uh, so the book is also available on my website. So if you go to that website, you'll see a link to the store and the book is available there. I forgot okay. to mention that people that you refer get 30% off my services. And I feel like oh, that is an important, cool. uh, an important discount <laughs> that referrals from North That's Keith really nice. Get 30% okay. off. So uh, just wanted to make sure That's I mentioned great. that. So when they buy the book from you, they're buying it directly through you. Correct. Um, through Shopify. They're not buying it from Amazon or whatever. So Correct. I would recommend if you want to get this book, please consider buying it directly from Lisa at writingfuturehealth.com. That's what I would strongly recommend you do that. I'd appreciate it. And is there an electronic version? It is currently only electronic. Oh, it's only electronic. Currently, it's only electronic. Okay. Uh, my, my graphic designer friend is working on uh, a version that we're going to be sending to a print vendor. Um, but that will be probably a few months from now. So right now it is only electronic. Okay, cool. And just on a personal note, 
is there anything you're excited about in your life these days? We're, we're just starting summer. We're recording this in June of 2021, even though this is coming out later in the summer. Anything going on in your life that you're psyched about? Oh, thank you for asking that. Um, I'm just starting to kind of pick up in-person connections with family mm-hmm. members, with friends. Uh, my brother and his wife came over yesterday, and that was the first time since 2019. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just really excited about being able to reconnect with people in person who I haven't been able to do that. I, I saw my mother in May. Mm-hmm. That was the first time also since 2019. Uh, and wow. it's just, it's been really, you know, it, it's been amazing to see them again. And I'm just so grateful that we've made it through to this point intact. That's nice. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that reflection. I know I sprung that on you, but yeah, as the pandemic, you know, comes under relative control here in the U S we're really lucky. And we know people in a lot of other countries are not so lucky. Yeah. So we, we've got it pretty darn good right now. So, you know, we don't have to feel ashamed that we have that. We can also just remember there are others who don't yet, right? Yeah. Just keep them in mind. So good. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. That's really, that is really exciting, isn't it? It is. It's really wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. This has been great. You're so awesome. And hopefully people are going to go out and go to your website and buy the book and engage you in coaching services. And I'll be funneling them your way. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this great episode of the Nurse Keith Show with Lisa Jenkins Brooks of Writing the Future of Health. The show notes will be at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 332. And please consider buying Lisa's book if you're interested in informatics and technology. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode. And remember, mention Lisa Jenkins Brooks to me when you email me at keith at nursekeith.com. And instead of 10%, you'll get 15% off your first coaching package. And if you want to work with Lisa, mention me and you get how much, Lisa? 30% off. 30% off your first coaching package. So this is a pretty awesome day for those of you who are really interested in this. And please consider becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith. Looking for 100 listeners to pledge $2 a month for a year. So please consider doing that. The Nurse Keith Show is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com. It's a large and fast-growing collection of really awesome, high-quality podcasts taking on the really great and tough topics in healthcare with empathy, expertise, and excellence. The Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting, and Mark Cappiespeason is our stalwart social media ringmaster. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from soggy Santa Fe, New Mexico. Very unusual. And the inimitable Lisa Jenkins Brooks saying see you later from Union City, New Jersey, which is very hot and sticky right now. (laughs) Yeah, right near my birthplace of Perth Amboy. How about that? All right, Lisa, thank you. Thanks to everyone. And we will catch you all on the flip side.